0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Las Vegas. Hello? Hey, it's Billy. Billy! How you doing? What's going on? I got something important here, alright? I'm getting
1: married. What? Uh... Wow. to that young lady who's half your age. Hey, wait, wait a minute, she's almost 32. I have a hemorrhoid that's almost 32. So we're gonna have a bachelor party in Vegas? I, I can't smoke, drink, eat salt, or stay out past nine, but.
0: All right, I love it.
1: Pop is sweltering in here. Maybe I should just stay home. No, you don't have to do that. Your only job is to relax. What the hell are you doing here, Billy? Just tying me up in Vegas. If you think I'm going to Vegas, I'm not selfish, bastard. You're dumber than that hat.
0: Welcome to Las Vegas.
1: Relax, it's not like you invented it.
0: How many times I gotta say I'm sorry? You can't say it enough. Knock
1: it off. off. I'm gonna go find some damn water and take all my damn pills. Then we're gonna get this damn party started.
0: It's this man's bachelor party.
1: You know who's supposed to be staying here this weekend? he? 50? No, 50. 50 people in it? 50 Cent, 50. Curtis Jackson, the rapper. Oh, yeah, 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 from the Jackson Five.
0: There are girls in every bar. I want all of you to get in trouble.
1: Which one of you is Sam Harris? You guys, the best thing ever happened to me. Tonight, we're gonna party like it's 1959. Bring out the bottles! I'm getting married. She's your age.
0: You must be rich. Yeah, but you should be talking to me. Come on. Hey, buddy. Maybe you had too much to drink, huh? If I want your opinion, I'll just beat it out of you. Sure. No one calls us names
1: except, except for us. It's gonna be I owe you this one. Whoa! Wow! We got a couple of unresolved issues.
0: Ah! Bring out the bottles.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I've been this hungover in 30 years. <laughs> Everything's spinning. I oh, know. Let's
0: go. Bring out oh. the bottles. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from film.com, Jason Garasio, and tonight's guest, John Turtletaub. Um,
1: welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming. John, thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. I had to show up. You. Uh, it's my pleasure. It, this is your first Filmmaker Chat. It is. Apple I've Film never X, done So I'm going to go easy one. on you. Thank you. Um, but no, enjoy it. This is, this is fun. Um, I guess a, a good place to start would be when you got the script and
0: what did you like about it? What interested you? It took me forever to get to this script. I, it had been sent to me by a very good friend named Amy Bear, who was producing the movie. And she said, I have a movie for you. We have no money. We're not paying the director anything. It's very small, but we think you'd love it. And I said, well, with that introduction, I'll get to it right away. <laughs> and I kept putting it aside and putting it aside. And finally, she called me too many times. I felt too guilty. I read it as soon as I finished, I picked up the phone, called her, and said, I'm in. And she said, well, so are so many other directors, so you're going to have to meet with other people. I said, oh, jeez, I thought I had it. Um, and I went in and met with them, and that was it. And I've never read a script that I've loved that much that quickly. It, it just had so much character and story tied in with comedy. Usually you read a script, and the comedy and the story are separate. Or the character development and the comedy are separate. In this film, it was all uh, hooked together. And that's what comedy is supposed to do. It's supposed to be a way of telling a story and a way of getting emotion and all that. It just worked great. So I was in. And I believe um, you've told me that Michael Douglas was
1: on, or they were at least talking to him before you got on...
0: Yeah, there had been early incarnations of the script that he had read and all that, so there were conversations with him that had started. He was what, what actors will call interested, which is a way of saying, I'm in, but I haven't committed to anything, and I haven't signed anything, but I'm in. Well, just talk a bit of just the evolution. I mean, for you, it must have been like, oh my God, now we have this actor. Oh my God, now we
1: have this actor. So just talk about that evolution, then how you plugged yourself in with talking to them and, and figuring out how you guys would would do, do the
0: film. Well, the... Even though it's a f- the movie's really about all four guys, the central character it, it that it revolves around is Michael Douglas's character, who's getting married. And Michael, in the movie, is marrying a 31-year-old girl, which doesn't make a lot of sense to us, but it would make a lot of sense if you're Michael Douglas. Um, and that was the first guy we needed to cast. And we needed a character who was charming and handsome, and you'd believe could get a 31-year-old girl. And that was Michael Douglas. And he got it. He got where he was sort of making fun of himself a little bit with the character. It's um, because you, you play it up you know, he's got the, the, fake, tan the fake tan and, and, and the, the hair. hair. So, so you, you play it up, too. The fake tan. It was a little too fake in some scenes, too. We had to compensate a little. Um, whiten the teeth, all that stuff. Um, and play with the Michael Douglas image. But once Michael was in, now you had a movie with a great script and a movie star. Well, that opens all the doors for you. Because agents know that they're asking their other clients to be in a movie that's already a movie. right? They're they're not being asked to carry the whole responsibility of selling the movie. Now they know, oh, I'm sharing the burden of opening this movie and being in this movie with other big movie stars. So next up was uh, we got interest back from Robert De Niro. And someone said, well, you, John, you got to fly. De Niro wants to meet with you before he says, yes, fly here to New York and, and meet with him. To which I said, okay, <laughs> I'll meet Robert De Niro. <laughs> That's a dream come true. And I did. I found myself walking in Tribeca thinking this is one of the great moments of my career, that I'm going to go talk to Robert De Niro, and this could end up being one of the worst moments of my career <laughs> if he doesn't like me. Um, you... You know, meeting with De Niro is interesting. It's here, over here in Tribeca. Um, and everyone calls him Bob. And it's not easy to call that guy Bob, right? You're, you spend your whole life knowing him as Robert De Niro. Mr. De Niro would have been easier. But I went in and said, hey, Bob. And uh, we had a nice chat. He made some jokes. And I had been warned that he's not funny, he doesn't make jokes, but he made some jokes and he was lovely and we had a great long conversation. And so he was in. After that, we got a phone call, Morgan Freeman was in. Well, we didn't even ask Morgan Freeman yet. We, we just got a call from his person saying, if you want Morgan, he's in. And we thought, uh, yes, is it. That, I mean, that never goes like that. And then the last part, we, didn't, we had thought of a lot of different actors and weren't sure what to do. And I got a chance to meet with Kevin Klein, So I flew back to New York, because Kevin lives here as well. Um, we sat down for lunch at 12 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, one of us had to pee we said, we got to stop talking. So we had just the most perfect five hours of just nonstop, just getting along and having having a good time. And it just didn't end. So that was it. And, uh, it and screen- when I say, by the yes. way, that was it, not to interrupt you, but there's a fifth Oscar winner in this movie yes. in Mary Steenberg. Yes. And one of them really is such an important part is finding the role of the woman who is going to be the centerpiece of the conflict in the film. And she's really the glue in this film, really. She is, and she changes the course of their whole trip to Las Vegas. So we needed someone who the audience is going to believe, first of all, that Michael Douglas and Robert De Niro would both have an interest in, that Michael Douglas would consider leaving a 31-year-old hottie to be with this actress. But if we cast someone young enough... Like in her 40s, the women of America rightfully would kill us. That, oh, if 31's the problem, 42 is the right for a 70-year-old man. So she had to be a woman of a certain age, as we say. And we looked at a lot of women, and Mary really pushed hard. She really wanted this. She knew she was right. And she'd send me emails and some pictures. And, and it turns out she has a secret career in Nashville as a songwriter and has been working as a singer and so we thought well this, this there's too much that's perfect and fits right so that was it it was Mary and, and like I said she she is fantastic in the film they all are um,
1: two standouts for me and I've heard it from other people are uh, Kevin Kline and Morgan Freeman's relationship in the film and I mean they, they really do steal the film in their performances because I didn't believe you told me that, that those two characters developed, they weren't, what we see on yeah. screen, they weren't originally like that. They
0: weren't as strong originally. There was a lot more of Michael and Bob's characters. And in the script stage, one of the things we did, by the way, because Michael Douglas said, the script's not really complete enough. We need more to this story. you got to develop those other guys. And then he saw the movie and said, I think you overdeveloped them. <laughs> um just to get them more backstory, to get them more story, more of an adventure that they go on, not just Bob and I, um, which we did. And as a result, they got a lot more comedy. And it's the comedy and the relying on them for the comedy that makes them stand out. You know, we've all seen Morgan Freeman play the serious, heavy-duty grown-up in everything he's done. So, to see him in this movie light up, giggle, laugh, dance, and have a good time is so refreshing and it it really makes his character pop out because it's such a new and different Morgan. Um, I even said to him one day uh, and it was true i was I was probably more nervous about working with Morgan Freeman than anyone else because i I had heard he, you know he's such a serious guy, and when I told him that he's he I mean, said, what, me? And I said, yeah, you're Mr. Serious." And he says, yeah, I kind of secretly went out and cornered the market on Gravitas. Um, which is true, he has.
1: So we have a, some clips to show. We're going to show the first one.
0: I believe it's the airport scene. Um, uh, should we just let it roll and then... So, yeah, I don't know if it needs setting up, but basically, three of the guys, as you saw in the trailer, are very excited to go. Robert De Niro does not want to go. He's upset at... Michael Douglas for something which we'll find out later on in the movie. So he's been tricked into going without knowing Michael's gonna be there. All right, let's see it.
1: Hey, hey archie <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, fun. Hi. Hey, fun. Fun. Hey, hey, what's that hair colored? Hazelnut? Oh, You've got more hair than you yeah. hair used to have. Oh, stop it, will you? You oh, got more you, hair buddy. than you where'd you get the extra hair? His ass. Hey, look, don't be upset with it, Pat. It wasn't go their home. fault. Hey, look, I'm getting married, OK? You know, this is, know, is a bachelor party. I need you there. going home. Oh, for Christ's sakes, how many oh. times do I got to tell you I'm sorry? You can't say it enough, my friend. You can't say it enough. Every time I see you, we go through the same old. no, I'm, I'm going to knock your block off like I did oh, when we did oh, in the oh, fifth grade. Oh, 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 okay, oh, yeah, that's the, the way part. you right, were right, right, it, hey, it, hey, 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 not at all. Now, we're here together, the four of us. We're here to celebrate Billy marrying an infant. She's not an infant. Shut up, Billy. Archie blood pressure? Either you'll manage to be civil with each other, or so help me, I'm gonna rain holy hell down on both of you. You understand? Huh? I'm gonna go find some damn water and take all my damn pills. Then we're gonna get this damn party started. It's gonna be fun. Gravitas. That is gravitas.
0: Well, then that's why that guy could give the speech. And if Morgan Freeman gives you a speech, you pay attention, you shut up, and you listen to him. Believe me.
1: How, how was it on, on set? Were, was one of the guys a practical
0: joker? I mean, like, you know, who, who was the one that kind of kept things loose? I, me, basically. That You know, I, I didn't know what to expect from each of these guys. And it turned out, all four of them showed up every day to get their work done and not be the one who's the problem. They had so much respect for each other that everyone was on time, everybody took their job seriously, everybody was prepared. And it's funny, when an actor gets a script, they look through quickly to see how many scenes they get to be in. Look how much I'm in. And then when they get the schedule for the movie, they look through to see how many days off they have. And you sit the thing. well, why did you want to be in so much when you read the script that now you want to not be in it? As, as good as they are, everybody likes going home at the end of the day. And so we would shoot, they'd go home, and that would be it. Everybody was very professional. Um, they all liked each other a lot. Um, but there was no, none of that like crazy goofiness where, oh, the old gang's together, and I can't control them. No, everybody was great.
1: let's let's talk a little bit just the way this comedy is which is a PG-13 comedy there there aren't many of them out there like this anymore what was the challenge of wanting it to be edgy wanting it to you know cover a you know the the demographic you wanted to cover but also be able to scale back so it's not an R it's a PG-13
0: I was shocked when I realized that all the successful comedies that have come out in the last few years are rated R the R-rated comedy is the state of the art right now in, in Hollywood, and that's because that's what the public is going to. Um, it is very hard to find... I mean, you get some light family comedies that do okay, usually around Christmas time. Um, but to do a, a straight comedy, it usually needs to be rated R. In an odd way, R is designed to keep people under 17 from going without a parent. The reality is an R-rated movie often keeps someone over 70 from going. And so we wanted to make sure that the over 70 crowd felt comfortable coming to see this movie, as well as the 12, 13-year-olds could all go with their family. So we kept it a PG-13. It is barely a PG-13. What it came down to was the word blowjob. And without the word blowjob, this was a PG-13. And with the word, it was an R. And all I can tell you is that after a lot of arguing and fighting, the word is in the movie, and it's still a PG-13. And it gets a very big laugh. It's a such say. a huge laugh. It, was, it would have broken my heart. You don't get laughs like this in your career, let alone in a movie. So the laugh we got from using that word was worth sitting across the railroad tracks for.
1: Uh, let's see another clip. The Penthouse Villa. Dollar for dollar, one of the best suites in all of Vegas. Four bedrooms up top, fully stocked bar, gourmet kitchen, and all the amenities you see before you. You know what I feel like? I feel like a damn princess. <laughs> <laughs> it's so intimate, that's what I love. I'm at your disposal for anything else that you might need. Is that your job? You're just here for us? I not believe who I'm supposed to be hosting this weekend. Who? Fitty. B-50? 50. 50 people in there? No, no, 50 Cent. Curtis Jackson. Oh, for the Jackson Five. Sure, okay. 50 Cent's a pretty big deal in modern times. And one of the perks of hosting him is, you know, I get that second and third round draft pick, you know what I mean? We don't. Like leftover. So I'm assuming you guys are not going to want to visit our nightclub. Nightclub? Dancing? Yes, Mr. Clayton. I believe some people will be dancing at the nightclub. Right, okay. Ah. Usually gets jumping around 11 o'clock. If you'd like, I can pick you up or wake you up. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, oh, come on, be will we'll be there, there. That's when we come alive. Yeah. Like midnight well, at the disco. We'll see you there. We're always up and about after midnight on the weekends. A little All after, right. maybe. I'll leave you, gentlemen, to your fun. Take it. Keys. So uh, please tell everyone uh, who called 50 Cent. To get, in, to get him into okay, the movie. Okay, well, that's
0: just crazy. First of all, that little scene about Fiddy wasn't really written because we didn't have 50 in the movie till about five days before he shot. What was scripted, this is real insider stuff, whatever you do, don't tell anyone the story I'm about to tell you or the people watching. Um, it was originally written for, the, for Kanye West because we needed a big celebrity that this guy was thrilled to hang out with, that he was gonna get to scoop up the extra girls that were in the entourage, and it had to be a big celebrity that these four guys had never heard of, all right? So Kanye seemed to make a lot of sense, they never heard of him. Well, Kanye couldn't do the movie, or wouldn't do the movie, probably couldn't do the movie, I'm sure he was thrilled to do it, but just couldn't. well, time was going on and we couldn't get someone. We needed somebody basically with a goofy name who is world famous. De Niro one day said, well, who do you have? And I, we said, we're, we're working on a few people, like Usher we're, we're looking at. And, and he said, what about 50 Cent? And we said, well, we'd love to get 50 Cent. He goes, you sure? I said, Yeah, why? He goes, are you sure you'll take him? I said, yeah. He goes, hang on. He took out his cell phone, hit speed dial, (laughs) goes off, talks on the phone, hands the producer the phone and says he's in. He has him on speed dial, T.I., Usher, all of them. He's like Mr. Hip Hop and Rap Music. It's like De Niro is the original gangster somehow. Um... And he is hooked up with all these guys. spends a lot of time with them, and that was it. Of all the people you wouldn't expect, but that was it. Not at all. And when I got on the phone with Fifty, he said, uh, he, "He goes, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing your movie. What's it about?" <laughs> and I said, "What it was about? You're supposed to ask that before you say yes." He goes, "No, Bob told me I'm doing the movie. I'm doing the movie."
1: <laughs> yeah. This is not the first time you've, you've worked with incredible actors. You've kind of had a whole career of working with amazing actors. What is, wh- where does that comfort level come in for you? Is, is it before shooting? Is it during shooting? How, and does that change with an ensemble like this?
0: Uh, y- you know what? Working with big movie stars is both what you dream of as a director, and it's the single most terrifying part of it. It's exciting and it's horrible. You're, it's just like if, if one of them were here now, you'd be thrilled they were in the room, but if you were to tell them, by the way, your shoe's untied, you'd keep your mouth shut and you wouldn't say anything. Right? There's something intimidating about all these guys. Usually my comfort level changes after they're late one day. And then you're thinking, that's. And then you think, all right, they're just a guy who comes late to work, and now I don't have to be so scared. Um, Unfortunately, these guys kept showing up on time. So I was always, and still am, I'm always a little bit nervous around them. But I kind of equate it to like going on a date, a first date, a blind date. You know, if the person you go out with and when they open the door, that's everything. And if that person's gorgeous, suddenly the stakes increase, and you, your job is to fake them into thinking you're not amazed at how gorgeous they are. And that's what it's like for a director. You spend every day convincing them that you belong there. I'm, I'm going to switch gears really quick because I love the National Treasure films. Will there be a third one? It's a good question. The, if, uh, my guess at this point is yes. Yes we're working on a third one there are writers writing away in little rooms in jerry Bruckheimer's offices down chained in with a picture like handcuffs and a candle burning down and um it is it is just genuinely complicated and hard to come up with a really elaborate complicated story that's a treasure hunt that's historically accurate and is a great mystery that said, we have a first draft done, and we're working on a second draft, and if all things go well, we should be shooting it with any luck next summer.
1: So I haven't forgot about you guys. I know you guys will have questions, but one more from me. Um, you've, like I said, kind of on the theme of working with amazing actors, is there an actor or actress still out there that is kind of on the top of your list, that you know holds
0: barred, will take it, drop I, everything? Y- yeah, Th- there are a few still. Um, Still, there are a lot still, but I think at the top of my list would probably be Tom Hanks because certainly after a while in your career, it's not just you want to work with someone who you know is instantly just going to make the movie great because they're in it. You want to work with nice people. You want to work with the person who's not going to yell at you and fire you and treat you badly. And Tom is one of the truly good, nice people. Another one is Will Smith, who is lovely and sharp and, and kind and treats people well. And that's another guy I would love to work with. So let's do our
1: last clip, and then we'll open it up for questions. I've been here like an hour, really. Screw it, follow me. <clears throat> Where we going? So what's it gonna take for three VIPs? Get back in line. You sure about that, son? Y- y'all serious, huh? Yeah, girl. Look, the only way you guys are getting in there tonight is VIP bottle service. All right, yeah, well, okay. no, 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 we got it, we got it. We, no, no, this is on us. 18. 18. Okay, 18. Here's my friend 10. Yep. And I've got here's one, two, three, and five. And one for your warmth and hospitality. 1800 1800 what? $1,800, bro.
0: We'll take. How ridiculous is $1,800? And that was low. I was told when we were shooting that, one guy comes up to me and says, it's about 24 these days. You know what you get for $2,400 a bottle service? You're embarrassing yourself by raising your hand, aren't you? The guy. There are guys here who know the answer to this. You get one bottle of liquor and three bottles of, of, of mixtures, like orange juice things. That's $2,400. Questions? For the National Treasure movies, what were Nicolas Cage and Zachary Gordon like from your point of view? Um, Zachary Gordon was lovely. He's this little kid in a tiny little seersucker suit who is trying to bother Nicolas Cage and keeps him from uh, going in to go see, rip off the Oval Office. Um, and Nick had a great time working with him. Nick's great with kids because Nick is sort of a W.C. Fields type of character anyway. he's not. Nick Cage isn't a guy you think of as yummy and cuddly. Um, that's uh, not his thing. He's cool and a bit of a rebel. So it was really fun when he did the scenes with the little kid. Working with Nick Cage was a lot of fun for, uh, for both of us. Nick and I went to high school together. And we'd known each other since we were 15. And when you know someone from the time you're 15, it's impossible to become a big shot in the other person's eyes. You know you're always that 15, 16-year-old kid. And you know the people they dated, and you know the losses they had, and you know when they got beaten up. That would be me. Nick never got beaten up, believe me. He, had big, he was the first kid at Beverly Hills High School to have muscles. Um, and we just knew each other really well, even though we hadn't seen each other in about 25 years. From when we graduated high school till we did the movie, all of that stuff comes right back again, just like it does with you guys and your old friends.
1: And I'm assuming Nick is also interested in, in the third oh one. Oh, yeah. Too.
0: Nick, Nick's in, everybody's in. Justin Bartha uh, would be in, Diane, everybody. John Voigt. How great is John Voigt on his show right now? I mean, it's, it's great to see him, and uh, he's doing really, really well. Um, okay, I'll be quiet.
1: More questions. Uh, So your directing is very, very sharp. I'm interested in in your uh, pre-visualization and how you kind of helped manage all these personalities
0: into that pre pre pre-viz and uh, how you deviated and why. The question is about pre-visualization or pre viz And really, that's an animated version of a storyboard. Often what we'll do now is make sort of a little cartoon of a sequence. It's usually used for action sequences, things that are going to be very expensive, that have a lot of uh, visual effects, and things that you're going to have to prepare for. But you can still do previs and storyboards for scenes for movies that just have dialogue scenes, like this one. In this movie, I did none whatsoever. Um, what I do is what's called a shot list. and. I have in my head what that scene's gonna look like, where everyone's gonna stand on the set, who's gonna sit down where and at what time, and I sort of just sketch it out on a piece of paper and write down a list of the shots I need to get that. Then you come in in the morning, you rehearse the scene with the actors, they say, you know what, I don't wanna sit here, I wanna stand, or I don't wanna sit down at all, I wanna lie down in the bed, or whatever it is. And you open yourself up to what the actor wants to do, you throw out your shot list, you write down a new one, and that's it. Um, I I like staying very open to my actors. I like listening to what the actors have prepared and what their ideas may be. Um, The more actors in a scene, the harder that gets. Because as soon as you have two actors and you may have two opinions, now you have two opinions plus your own. It can get complicated, and that's really where the director has to make the final say and say, this is what we're going to do. He asked a question about, was there rehearsal time scheduled? And on this movie, no. There was no rehearsals on the movie. What we would do is we rehearse a scene just before we shoot it. Okay, Very rarely uh, do I rehearse uh, a scene more than just beforehand. For some reason, it feels weird to me, and... Um, I did a lot of plays, and rehearsing a play makes sense because you do the whole play at once, and you need the whole thing figured out. Rehearsing on a movie, you instead of, say, two guys driving a car, you don't go out and drive a car. You sit in a room with chairs like this, and you have a big star pretending to be driving, and it just looks stupid, and you feel like you're just dumb. These guys know what they're doing. Once they know the lines, you talk it out, you have conversations, you, you discuss the role, you sit down at dinner and talk about who the character is, and that does your rehearsing for you.
1: You kind of addressed it already, but I just wanted to ask, um, in terms of working with guys of this caliber, um, did you ever find that, not pushback so much as they felt that maybe they knew better for a certain scene, and, and if so, how do, you, how do you kind of overcome that? How do you instill that confidence that, you know no, what you want. You were
0: right. Pushback's a good word, and you you find it all the time. The biggest fear is that pushback, and it's the most common thing because, of course, they have other ideas, and of course, they have thoughts. You want them to have ideas and thoughts about it. Um, how do you handle it? Uh, it depends on who you're dealing with, what, which actor wants which kind of conversation. Some can't handle anything except yes, sir. Others are really open to a conversation. I would kind of describe it this way. Directing a big movie star is like being asked all day long, do I look fat in this dress? Your job is to get them to feel great in that dress and get them to change it. And if you can get them to change the dress and feel sexy, then you did your job. Does that make sense? Well, John, thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Thank you, Apple.